Welcome to Sengoku Book Club, where we finally get to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Tim Everson. And today, uh, Tim, you are going to be telling us all about uh, 1776. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a David McKellar, uh history um, about the Revolutionary War, kind of factors that started. Super interesting. And I, uh, I I plugged it, and I uh, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to, to talking about it. Well, Leaf, what what's your background on the Revolutionary War? Let's just we'll just start with that. I'm pretty anti <laughs> anti Revolutionary War. Yeah, just in general. Big loyal, big loyalist guy. <laughs> yeah. Hello. What? Did you hear that? Uh, hear what? I don't know. Your big stamp act guy is what you're telling me. Yeah, I, I need my tea. Listen, I, I can't. Hello, hello. You gotta what? hear that. Hello, you hear that, right? Uh, hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? This Please. is really freaking me out. It's Emily. Em- oh my god, Emily, Emily, you've been dead for six months now. I know, but I finally finished Lord of the Rings. Uh, well, we have all the equipment set up. Do you want to? Can you interact with the electronics? Or are you going to put them on the frets? Or I think I'm like I'm like a fairy. If you believe in me, then I'll be able to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I this is a first. This is a first. I, I guess I believe. Should we say it together? I I believe. <laughs> I, believe. I believe. I believe. I, it's I believe. So long, it's been so long since I've seen Peter Pan. <laughs> you have to say you believe in Emily Miner. <laughs> I believe in Emily, I believe in Emily Minor. Minor. I believe in okay. Emily. Okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little oh. stronger, guys. Oh wow! She just <clears throat> appeared right in front of us, Emily. I've had a lot of free time being dead. Right. So I have a lot to talk about. Remind us again. How did you die? It's a mystery, even to me. That's people should really work on. That. <laughs> stop! Di- stop dying in your sleep, folks. <laughs> I would think that Leaf would know. Is it because he killed you? Is that why you came back to tell us? No, I just want to talk about Return of the King. <laughs> okay. That's not a no, folks. Um, so some of our listeners might ask, uh, did you read The Two Towers or did you oh, just skip yes. it? Oh, yes. No, I did read it. So I feel it's probably necessary to give everyone a recap of my Lord of the Rings timeline, right? So 2019... I finish Fellowship of the Ring for the first time ever. We do a podcast episode about it. Promptly start Two Towers and then fall off at some point. Stopped reading it. Don't know when. Then decided I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do The Silmarillion. So I read The Silmarillion. The do, easier choice. Right. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Finish that. 2021 so we did a podcast episode about that last year so for those keeping up at home it's two years between <laughs> fellowship and the silmarillion and then after i finished the silmarillion jumped back onto two towers and actually if i'm remembering correctly i do this sometimes where like i feel like my working memory of like books and movies unless i've read or watched them a million times is like so, like, it's just gone as soon as I've read or watched something. I have no idea what happened. And so, this feels a little silly because I have seen the Peter Jackson movies about a million times, so I know the plot. 
But when I got back to starting the Two Towers again, I was like, mm, I don't really remember where we left off. So I reread Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring again. I did not remember that. I reread Fellowship, then read Two Towers, and that took what felt like forever to finish. And I finished Two Towers in uh, early this year, probably like January 2022. Immediately jumped into Return of the King. I think I finished it in February. Like, it definitely wasn't this month. Wow. So, you know, once I got back on it, it was pretty quick. For me, anyway. Yeah. I'm a slow reader. No, you really... uh flew through it from what i remember yeah now keep in mind i have not finished the appendices of return of the king so apologies i will not be able to talk about that maybe maybe in a future date or you can check out <clears throat> the new amazon show is yeah, that what that, that, that will be the appendices only based on the appendices <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll do an episode about once i finally read that and watched yeah the show do you do they get amazon prime video in hell emily who told you i was in hell i just there was it got warm in here <laughs> hmm. i just assumed i i could i mean i don't know i mean it's a fair assumption yeah we do indeed get amazon I would prime think and of do all you the know why right i would assume yeah. you got amazon right it's because jeff's down there too <laughs> already yeah he can, he has like a seat reserved for him he can come down whenever he right. wants still alive but that makes sense. I guess for some background, I am the only one at this podcast doing this podcast right now who has not read any of the Lord of the Rings books or The Hobbit. I have seen the movies and the Hobbit movies, sadly. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, so I I am aside from what is in the movie and the extended edition, uh I'm I have no idea what's in it. So I'm excited to hear about what I've missed. And I read everything in the fifth grade, so <laughs> it was quite some time ago. Because Leaf is Leaf. Here's what I can tell you what I remember from the Two Towers and the Return of the King. I think the Two Towers ends with Frodo captured by Shelob, and Sam has to run into Mordor after him, mm -hmm. and that's about it. That's what I remember. You got it. Cool. You got it. You got it. That's all there you is totally to got it. it. Yeah. And in fact, like, since that's the point that you brought up, I'll just start and I'll kind of piggyback on that because I have a little note about that. Okay. I, okay, so I know a lot of people have beef with changes that Peter Jackson made in the trilogy, specifically places where he, like, he added drama that isn't present in the books. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, like, I don't have a big issue with most of that stuff, the one thing that I don't hate it, but like I really feel actually like did a disservice was pitting Sam and Frodo against each other in the movies. Um, so Tim, for for your knowledge, yes. that does not happen in the books. Um, mm -hmm. Gollum doesn't sort of like poison Frodo's mind against Sam. That happens. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, and I think, like, what Peter Jackson intended to do was, like, I don't know, like, because of their fight, like, it then makes Sam's, like, the decision to go back, like, even more meaningful or something. But honestly, I, I really think that it makes Sam's character arc worse. 
um, having him, like, be so upset with Gollum and, like, and then also, like, having Frodo turn against him and having Sam go back for a while. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. And in the books, he goes in with Frodo and then we also end up getting a lot more of, like, Sam's point of view at the end of Two Towers and at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. And I think it just, like, makes more sense that way because, like, I just feel like Sam's arc is a lot stronger in the books. And Sam is one of my favorite characters. And we just get to, like, see a lot more of him and, like, his sort of, like, internal struggle in the at the return in the beginning of the return of the king because he's on his own for a, like a lot longer than he is in the movies trying to like figure out how to get frodo mm-hmm. back and also for a while like 100% like he goes a lot longer in the books thinking that frodo is dead um from what i remember anyway and so there's a lot of like internal conflict and like debate inside himself about like you are going to have to, like, go into Mordor by yourself. You are going to have to do this job. And, like, obviously there's a huge part of him that's like, I don't want to do that. I don't think I can do that. Like, I don't want to. And then the other part of him is like, no, but you, like, literally have to. And just, like, getting to spend, like, more time in Sam's head in Mm. that way, um, I think was just, like, a lot nicer in the book as opposed to, like, having this strange arc of, like, pitting them against each other and then going back on that. And I don't know. Sam is just so, so angry (laughs) in the movies. And in this, it's like he's more just, like, scared but determined. Hmm. And it just just makes me love him even more. So that was lovely. I think most of the things people don't like about the Peter Jackson one involves adding a little yeah like you mentioned drama but Mm -hmm. like usually a little bit more infighting that happens right because Mm -hmm. so much of it is kind of internal but here's the thing they've shown that they could show i mean it is a very literal way of doing it right but like they did a really good job of showing internal struggle with Gollum Smeagol, right? And in fact, there are a couple of parts at the beginning of Return of the King where Sam literally, like, debates with himself out loud, or that's mm. how it seems, right? Like, it goes back and forth in quotes, and it never says that, like, he's thinking it. So to me, it feels like he's saying this out loud, and, I, and that doesn't happen in the movie, but I felt like it was probably one source of inspiration for like why they did that with Gollum Hmm. and it works really well for Gollum because it shows like this sort of like twisted double personality that he's developed over the over the years right but like in the movies they've clearly shown that like they can show that internal struggle I don't know I mean it is hard when you don't have like a narrator but, like, I just really missed that element yeah. in the movies. Sam and Faramir, both better in the books, in my opinion. See, that's funny, because when we well, talk... okay, no, wait, 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 you're right. You're right. I don't mind Faramir so much. So the thing with Faramir is that in the movies, again, he, like, brings Frodo and Sam. He, like, captures them, right? right. And, like, brings them to Osgiliath and is, like, going to bring them to Minas Tirith to his dad. And he's super tempted by the ring. 
And in the books, again, that does not happen. He is, like, briefly tempted, but it's more that he's, like, talking it through. Like, yeah, I can see, like, a version of myself, like, wanting it. And, like, I can see why my brother would have, like, tried to get it. Because he would have thought it was for the greater good, right? But then he says, like, if this thing were just, like, lying by the side of the highway, I would not pick it up. I like that in the books, but I also like the version in the movies because it shows that, like, even though he is so clearly tempted, he is still able to, like, see reason and, like, let them go. So for me, that, like, I don't think either is, like, I have have a hard time picking between the two. Mm -hmm. But I think they're both, like, good for his character. But Sam is definitely better in the book. (laughs) Do you guys dog ear or, like, mess with the pages in your books while you read? Or are you, like, super, like, sacred about keeping the books nice and pristine? It's not even about keeping it sacred. I just don't do it. Like, I don't. Although, I guess, like, when I found out you did it, I was... I I don't understand it. I don't see the point. (laughs) Like, I, I have so many bookmarks that are just, like, receipts or, like, bits of paper. And it's just, like... There it is, and I don't know. Right, but my dog ears aren't bookmarks. What? Okay. You didn't realize that. But you do use it as a bookmark. No. No. I don't use it as a bookmark at all. What do you use all. it as? Well, first I want to know what Tim does. So, I don't do that. I don't. And it. I think it is partly, like, it does weird me out. Like, I remember in high school we had, a, had an English teacher that talked about, like, writing in our books in the margin and that freaked me out i was just like you can't do that that's it's your that's your book i do that too and i and i think that that is a, definitely a, a deeper way to experience the book and really engage with it in a way that i probably have never done but it feels weird it feels super weird it feels like when i got yelled at for like you know coloring in my dr seuss book when i wasn't supposed to but i think i know what you're talking about it's not a bookmark in the sense of like this isn't the last place that I stopped, but it is a mark in the sense of like this is something that I want to remember. Yeah, it's like something I would like but to. But this isn't to. like the progress of where you are no. in the book. Yeah. No, right. So and see, that's not how I read. Like I don't. Like I, I've mentioned before that on a Kindle, I'll sometimes take a note. I very rarely go back to those notes. Like I'll comment on it. Like if I find a really good section, usually I turn to you and say, "This is so good." Mm-hmm. But then I just. I move on right. and I keep reading and and then I'm done with it and maybe I'll reread it in years later and or maybe I won't but that's the extent of it or at least you turned to her six months ago before she passed tragically yes no he still turns to this my side of the bed he he misses I it's okay Leaf I'm so still here terribly sad. I'm, I've been with you this whole time. That's so sweet. That's why all the dating apps keep getting deleted off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny this. <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's the thing. It depends on, like, what I'm doing with the book, right? So, like, if I, like, when I was in school, if I were needing to write something about the book afterwards, I will, like, mess that book up. Like, it gets dog-eared and like highlighted and I make notes in the margins and I put sticky notes in there and all sorts of stuff. I don't really do that for just like my own personal reading. Um, I'll mostly just dog-ear it. But fun thing that I found out today, I didn't really, for Lord of the Rings, 
I hadn't really, like, realized, like, what is the pattern of, like, things that I dog ear. And for Lord of the Rings, it's two things. It's literally only two categories that I will do it for. One, if it's a page where there were lines literally taken out of the book and used in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And two, if it's pages with, like, lore in it. Like, lore going back to Silmarillion and stuff like that. So that I can kind of, like, try to, like, make those connections between the two books, if that makes sense. So while I was prepping for this episode, I was looking back through the pages I dog-eared to try and, like, see what I wanted to make note of, and literally none of it was, like, stuff that I actually wanted to talk about for this episode. It was all just, like, oh, and here's where he sings, to catch a fish so juicy (laughs) sweet. (laughs) And stuff like that. So it was not helpful at all, but it was super interesting to me to see, like, what are the things that I'm like, ooh, that's funny. Like, let's fold that that corner of the page over. But you're probably right. Like, other than doing this, I'll probably never come back to those again. But for mm-hmm. some reason, I have this impulse to, like, to make a note of it or something. Honestly, it just blows my mind that it it wasn't just a bookmark. Like, I legitimately had no really? idea. Yeah, that's I thought, like... It's that's as so you're reading, you, you put a dog ear and... No, I no, just... and see, that's the thing. I, I, I have bookmarks. I literally never use them. <laughs> I just kind of remember where I left yeah. off. Because usually I'm, I'm starting at... I usually will get to the end of a chapter and I'll kind of remember um, where I left off. So. I've been burned enough by either rereading a chapter or accidentally skipping a chapter enough that I, I need to keep a bookmark. Like, there will be times that I'm reading and I'm like... I'm missing something. Yeah. Like, what? And I'll skip back. I'm like, and I'll read, start reading a chapter. I'm like, I I didn't read this. No, (laughs) this did not come up. And see, I have the opposite experience where sometimes if I didn't stop at the end of a chapter, I will go back further Mm -hmm. than I originally and I will never go further ahead than I should. Mm -hmm. But I will go back because, again, my working memory is, uh, limited when it comes to uh fiction so (laughs) i will reread like the last five pages or whatever the best example i can think of for me doing that was the first time i read harry potter so i read the first book i'd read i don't know how many but at some point for a road trip my mom had bought the books on tape and so we started reading them because my younger siblings had never read them and we started listing them as we go up. And we got to the part with the unicorn. And I'm like, there was a unicorn in this book? Did they add this? What? Voldemort's drinking the blood of something. And you had just never read that chapter? I had never read that chapter. And it was so weird. Like, I was just confused the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I have the same problem that Emily does. I just, things often just go in one ear or out the other and it's not yeah. it's not just book stuff either because i don't read very much <laughs> uh tim remind me why did you kill me to get on this podcast again oh ho! if you don't read i i didn't kill you and i want that to be on the record <laughs> that i did not commit a murder or i will ghost bust you, you i can stop. neither confirm nor deny <laughs> But no, but even like TV shows, especially like one that have like has like a, a a serial ongoing narrative type deal. There are times where 
Like I'm just like, oh, I or like if I rewatch a show, I'm like, I don't remember this at all. Even if it's something that I've watched over and over and over again, there are episodes that I just don't very remember very much or what have you. And I think that's just natural when I think part of it is just our attention spans are not great. And so very, like, there's very little time that's spent, like, 100% focused on just one thing. And then, I don't know, I'm getting old, I guess. And our, <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm getting old. You you will be this age forever as you're dead. Um, but, uh, you know, brain is slowly going to mush. So that's exciting for, yep. you know, I'm only 27 years old. So <laughs> At least you're not dead, Tim. <laughs> least you're not dead not yet (laughs) (laughs) the other thing that i really need for my process while reading is a visual aid i need a map leaf it completely boggles my mind that you actively avoid maps i can't stand them i don't (laughs) understand it at all i read so many fancy books and i just skip the map i'll look at it and i'll be like okay and I move on, and I never look back. <laughs> Folks, he's talking about all maps, by the way. It's not just fantasy maps. He refuses. You show that man an atlas, he will punch you in the face. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rand McNally, <laughs> you better his, watch out. Yeah, that's his mortal enemy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the editions that I have of the whole series, like it's the same like set edition, right? Does that make sense? Fellowship and Two Towers both have really, like, quality maps in the front, where, like, there's, like, the big map, but then it kind of zooms in on different parts on other pages, and, like, you can read everything really clearly. Fantastic map experience, because I will be constantly flipping back and forth between the, the narrative and the map, because I, like, need to know... Where are we? Like, give me a geologic location. (laughs) Um, And then I get to The Return of the King. And for whatever reason, this version of Return of the King has the shittiest maps I've ever seen. They are totally different. Everything is teeny tiny. Even the ones that, like, zoom in. Like, there's text on them saying, like, places. And I cannot read it. It is completely illegible. And, like, impossible to read, and it's super fuzzy. So, anyway, um, we were at a bookstore a few weeks ago, and I was just looking to see if they had anything else written by Tolkien, because there's other books. Didn't find any of that, but I did find kind of a cool copy of Fellowship, and when I opened it up, it had a beautiful fold-out full-size map in the back and i literally bought this second copy of fellowship of the ring just so that i could have this big old map (laughs) to look at while i read return of the king and i don't know what else to say about that but like i need i need a visual location reference cool map it is a really good map yeah i'm thinking about like framing it or something yeah that'd be cool yeah i kind of feel like maybe i should talk a little bit about the actual like content of the books sure yeah yeah it's your episode so i'll start with two towers i really have only one thing to note about two towers content wise so for those of you including tim who have not read the books each book is separated into two parts in fellowship it, the two parts like don't make that much of a difference like it's not a big switch in between the two but in two towers now that the fellowship is split up 
the first half of Two Towers is all Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas searching for Merian Pippin and, like, Fangorn Forest and Isengard and Helm's Deep. It's just those characters. And the second half is just Frodo, Sam, and eventually Gollum. These other characters are now totally cut off from Frodo and Sam, obviously, right? So, like, they don't know anything that's happening with them. So I do think it's kind of cool that, like, when you're reading it, you are also in the dark about, like, anything that's going on with them at at the time, right? Like, that's kind of fun. But I was really nervous because I knew that the second half of the book was literally just Frodo, (laughs) Sam, and Gollum doing their little thing. Whereas, like, the first half of the book, even though it's centered on just a handful of characters, they're all kind of, like, bouncing back and forth and, like, still in, like, a few different locations. And Sam and Frodo are just on the road to Mordor. (laughs) And I was like, this is going to go so slow, and I'm such a slow reader, and I'm going to get bored, and I'm never going to get through this freaking book and on to Return of the King. And the second half of the book went so fast, you guys. It was so quick. I really, like, genuinely enjoyed the whole second half of the book. (laughs) And in fact, I actually think I might have enjoyed it more. I'm not 100% sure on that, but, like, it was honestly, like, a quicker and easier read than the first half. And maybe it's because it was simpler. Like, I could follow it really easily because Mm -hmm. it was just one path. Um, But, yeah, I actually made my way through the second half of Two Towers way quicker than the first half. All right. That's my one thing to note about Two Towers. <laughs> I've already kind of talked about Return of the King a bit, but a few things I just want to note. Dialogue between Aragorn and Eowyn is chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely fantastic. It is great in the movies. It is fantastic in the books. It's really not that different between the movies and the books, but, like, in the books, it just, like, Tolkien is a good writer, obvi. There's a reason why people have read his stuff for a really long time. But, like, people also, I feel, know that Tolkien can be, like, this really wordy guy, especially when describing things. But, like, when you get to the dialogue between these two, it flows so beautifully It just really, it's like a whole couple of pages, this conversation between them. And it is, like, masterful, their conversation. It is really, really good. And then very similarly, um, dialogue between the orcs. Also (laughs) chef's kiss. Not between the orcs and other people. Just between two orcs. Fantastic. (laughs) I just really love hearing them be like i'm gonna stab you in the gut <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's really fun <laughs> love faramir and eowyn i mean you only have time for so much you know what i mean you like, always have a longer ending you could always <laughs> have a longer ending i know that people are already cranky because of how long the ending is uh to the return of the king the movie I would always be fine for it to be longer, but I get it. You gotta, you gotta, you know, set a line somewhere. Faramir and Eowyn, so good, so good in the books. Mm -hmm. Like, because she's just so sad. She's so sad. And it's not just because she's sad. It's because, like, essentially, 
she's had, you know, for people who have read Harry Potter, she's essentially had, like, a minor Dementor's kiss, right? Like, she's, she's gotten the happiness sucked out of her, and she almost died from it. And because of, um, when she fought the, uh... The Witch the King. Witch King. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. um, he kind of has that effect on her. She's so sad, and Faramir is like, I love you. I have loved you since I first looked at you. And, and she's just like, you only love me because you pity me. Like, you're just sad for me because I'm sad. And then eventually, he finally is able to convince her, like, even if you were, like, this super happy-go-lucky person... I would still, like, I would die for you. <laughs> and then it's like, the sky's just kind of part, and she's like, oh, okay. Oh, you, like, actually mean it. Like, you actually like me. <laughs> you like me. You really like me. It's, like, a little awkward. It's a little strange. Like, it, and then people kind of don't like that she's like, and and now that I know that you love me and I love you, I will give up being shield maiden and I will be like a gardener or whatever. <laughs> like she's gonna be she's gonna be a fair maiden. A lady, right. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we could debate that forever. I don't have a huge problem with that. But their love is just like so sweet. It's just very nice. However, one thing I really just did not like, hmm. that I was so looking forward to, I'm really, like, genuinely sad that I didn't like it, because I have been, I have heard about this plotline for years, and I didn't know exactly how it went, but people have been talking about the scouring of the Shire, and it wasn't put into the movies. Tim, do you know what the scouring of the Shire is? I mean, is that, is it what it sounds like? What does it sound what like? What does it sound like? It sounds like, like the ring race, like looking for Frodo and burn down the Shire. No. No. Nope. Mm, no. Okay, so I have no idea what that is. Then. So here's the thing. Saruman doesn't die in Two Towers in the books. Yeah. He like sneaks off. Hilarious falling on the. <laughs> yeah. Fa falling on the. It genuinely <laughs> is great. But like in the books, he doesn't die in Isengard. He like. They essentially, like, let him skulk off with warm tongue. Seems like a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake. Because then he, like, goes to Hobbiton in the Shire and, like, becomes sort of, like, the new ruler of the Shire. But they don't know that it's him because everyone calls him Sharky. Yeah. What? Like he's a mob boss. Right, literally, like, he's a mob boss, because he is a mob boss, essentially. And, like, he's way less powerful because he doesn't have his staff anymore. So he's just literally just, like, a bully who's, like, found a location that, like, he can bully around because he wants to have feel powerful. And... That's real dumb. Yeah, and so at the very, <laughs> very end, like, after the war has been won and everything, the remaining fellowship particularly the hobbits right they're going back home and they start to get closer into like Bree and the shire and they like start running into like all of this stuff because sharky has now taken over such stupid how did that how did that survive an edit well here's the thing like it's i don't 
I don't think that the idea of, like, having there be repercussions, or not, like, repercussions, but, like, for the most part, the Shire is really, like, ignorant of, like, what else is happening in the world, right? Like, they are very, I mean, they're living really idyllic lives, right? And that's great. There's no problem with that. But, like, in the books, you find out that, like, the reason why they've been able to live these idyllic lives is because the rangers, like, so Aragorn was one of the rangers, but, like, the whole group of them were sort of protecting the Shire from, like, outside evil forces, right? Mm. Unbeknownst to the hobbits. So they were kind of able to go on living like they always had, even though evil things are starting to crop up again. And, like, I do think that it would have been cool to, like, have there been a way where, like, the evil, like, the rangers kind of have to, like, be called away because they have to, like, go to the war. Like, they're they're needed elsewhere, right? And so the hobbits are kind of, like, left on their own mm-hmm. and, like, have to then deal with these outside evil forces. But, like, this was just so not the way to do it because it makes, it turns Saruman into a joke, which is dumb because he is, like, far from a joke. Like, he's so powerful and, like, truly terrifying in Two Towers. And then here at the end, he's, like, just like this... He's just a dude. Right, he's just a dude. He's just, like, a bully. And, like, they they essentially, like, run him out of town. Well, doesn't Wormtongue stab him? That's right. That's right. Wormtongue ends up stabbing him then because he's tired of being again bullied yeah because that's what Saruman is but like it's just so anticlimactic like and why did it have to be these hobbits like coming back to save the day again like it would have been so much cooler if like all of the hobbits had like gotten their like pitchforks and whatever and like (laughs) you are not gonna take our shire kind of thing right like that would have been so much cooler Anyway, it's just a real shame. I think there I think what many people think of when they think of the Shire is that like the idea that oh, even home has changed right while we were gone. Right. And yeah, the movies kind of just ignore that. I think they more focus on how the people have changed because they come home and and like they're in the the pub or whatever and Rosie's around serving drinks and everything's the same but they're all quiet cuz they have seen some shit right mm. um and that's Sam's good. not quiet for long though no he he gets busy <laughs> god bless that man <laughs> um I, I do think that like there is some good things that can happen from the shire also changes but it makes it a little strange when it changes entirely because outside forces cuz it's sharky worm tongue and some other humans right mm-hmm. like other men yeah. who came in it's not like Oh, he came in and he started twisting the hobbits. The hobbits are just the, like, they're just being oppressed there right. while he's around. Right. So, yeah, it, it sort of feels like, honestly, you know what it reminds me of? Because, like, the hobbits come ri- running in, riding in with their swords and their horses and they, like, start beating up people. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the end of the silver chair when Eustace and, uh, What's the girl's name? Jill. Jill. Jill and Caspian come back and they're given swords and they're like, okay, you can go beat up the bullies now uh, because Aslan says it's okay. 
only use the flasher blades. They don't know what's going on, and they just go whacking them. And it just sort of feels, yeah, like a little, a little bit of wish fulfillment, maybe, because yeah. I don't, I don't know enough about Tolkien to say about like, oh, how he felt when he returned home after World War One or anything like that. But I could see that being. Like, oh, you see everything wrong around you, you just want to whack them and get get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like what could have been cool is if, like, it, this doesn't include Saruman at all, right? Like, let's say Saruman does die at Isengard. But I love Wormtongue killing him. Like, I think that's a perfect <laughs> ending. So we leave him there. But then, like, when the four hobbits come back to the Shire and they're expecting to come back to, like, home as they are used to... And, like, what if, because, like, in the Fellowship of the Ring, there are already these sort of, like, evilish men lurking around, right? Like, like taller men who have sort mm -hmm. of been lured to the dark side because they're, you know, like, cranky or whatever. <laughs> like, what if it was, like, them or something else in that area sort of, like, descended upon the Shire... But the hobbits all fought back. And so then by the time, like, the four, like, fellowship hobbits get back to the Shire and they're like, you won't believe what we've been through. And everyone else in the Shire is like, you won't believe, like, what are you, like, we don't care. Like, you won't believe what we've been through. Like, we did X, Y, Z and, like, had to fight off these guys and, like, have all of these, like, new local heroes. And, like, I don't know. I think that could have been maybe kind of kind of funny but again all of this is like it's just fan fiction it's just fan fiction <laughs> so really all i have left to say is that i like absolutely sobbed at the end i fully cried when i finished the book i it, had to come and like yeah <laughs> yeah just be um, it, like how's be it going there. Hey, and how? i was like i'm just so happy and so sad <laughs> This is so good, and he has to leave Sam behind, but Sam is gonna be okay. Like, <laughs> it was, it was a perfect ending, and I, you know, I'm choosing to sort of pretend like Scouring of the Shire doesn't exist, but other than that, it's a perfect ending, okay. and a very, very good trilogy, so, good. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Been very compelling. Yeah. Okay. It's made me want to read it. Cool. I'm not going to, probably. <laughs> just Let's of, be realistic. There's a lot of other things. I hear you. But. I, it makes you, you want to. But I want to. Definitely. Right. You if, sold it well. Thank you. If I've had just that one effect in my afterlife, it'll have made it all worth it. All right. I gotta. Okay. I need to put the cards on the table here. I don't think she's dead. <laughs> there's been some clues throughout the episode. <laughs> I'm I'm touching her arm right now. That's a that's a corporeal body right there. <laughs> that's a real person. I think that she gone girled us. I just wanted to have a little fun. <laughs> I have been mourning. Leaf has gotten hooked on heroin and crack. Oh my god! Three different times. <laughs> then how can you explain you like helping me grieve through the end of the book? I assumed I was. Uh, trying to cope with my own loss mm. and in, in a fun um <laughs> Sorry. what <laughs> in a fun way <laughs> in, in a fun um what dreams may come style jeez <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, oh. junior was here he wasn't wearing a shirt it was a little awkward <laughs> um but yeah i just sort of thought i might be dead too <laughs> <laughs> 
So, hmm. all right, good young, to know. Young Cooper or Cuba now? <laughs> how, how old? How, what kind this of Cuba are we the, talking? This was in the nineties. Yeah. He was still pretty young. No, I know. Okay, that's so okay. Um, Tim, I know you're really dying to get to 1776, but I wonder if while we have Emily here, you'd be willing to stick around for the Wheel of Time. <laughs> I would love to. Okay, but guys, I definitely have read this book. No, Tim, it's done. Tim, Tim, you can't listen. You need. It's not. A, it's not all about you, Tim. You need to let Leave take a turn. Think about. Look, Hamilton has been so popular and Revolution. Fine, you know. We'll read this. We'll talk about this stupid Amazon show and the book that it was based off of. <laughs> fine. <laughs> That will be next time. But, Emily, it's been a little while, but do you remember how to sign us off? Uh, well, I know for sure that we want to thank a band called... <laughs> a band called... Velt Punch. Velt Punch for the use of their song Fighting Pose from the album His Strange Fighting Pose. Thank you very much, Velt Punch. And you can find us on Twitter at SundokuPod. And I think that's all. Sweet. All right. See you next time, folks. Bye. Bye.